Hunter S. Thompson of Fantasy Analysis. He might even be the Dr. Gonzo and Hunter S. Thompson all rolled into one, man. All right. Welcome back once again to the Organic Football Podcast. Guys, here we are. It's Monday Night Football uh, Week 2. We got a good one going here. It's the Las Vegas Raiders opening up their new stadium. It looks pretty dope from the outside, man. It's all black and silver. It, It looks pretty awesome to me. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, they don't got fans there, but they do have the Saints in town, and they got a 24-17 lead right now in the fourth quarter. So we're going to watch how that all shakes out, but a whole lot to discuss in the fantasy world. And luckily for all you listeners, I got my uh, fantasy aficionados on board over there. So let me check in with these guys. Uh, Brad, what's going on, man? And uh, I think you're having a pretty good day. Uh for a variety of reasons, but what's going on, Brad? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm looks looks like I'm going to wrap it up with Chris and pull another victory out, even though I had some bad starts. And I'm having a baby boy, so that's pretty good. I'm pretty happy today. Found out today. Heck yeah. Now a boy and a girl for that little family, right? Yep, boy <laughs> and girl, and we're done. That's awesome, Brad. And I want to commend you for, you know, not having a – irresponsible gender reveal party and starting a wildfire with some uh blue fireworks out here in the desert man because that's never a good idea <laughs> yeah i was going blowtorch but you know i was gonna go blue flame but they told me blue's really hot so i just i shied away from it we just went with a balloon wise choice wise yeah choice. <laughs> smokey the bear taught me a lot man that's what i was just gonna say man smokey the bear came to mind for me only you can prevent closet fires brad exactly all right <laughs> i feel like taking a dab now you said that <laughs> oh, that's funny. all right well that's congratulations brad that's awesome news about your uh, family expanding man great to hear thanks man checking over there with you rich uh tell me how it's going for you uh, i think your squad you, are you going for top points this week i think you had a pretty good fantasy weekend what else is going on man uh, yeah, I, I'm coming up on top points. I think I'm pretty close now and feeling pretty good. I, I, I saw Alvin Kamara maybe go down a little bit earlier, so I don't know if I've seen him since out there, so I'm a little bit worried about that. I did just notice that Josh Jacobs went back to the bench, so I don't know if, if everybody saw that one too, but Josh Jacobs went to the medical tent earlier, and now he's back at the bench just a bit ago. I can't tell if that's Jalen Richard in the game, but something, something we'll monitor here right, right as we end up Monday night for you. Right on, man. <laughs> We're going to, uh, before we get into it, you know, I was just watching the halftime and did you guys see Adam Schefter was on there talking about some of the fines that the league handed down to these coaches for not wearing their masks properly, yeah. like yeah. $100,000 fines. And, and 200 for the team, 250 yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, man. That's a chunk of change, even for these type of guys who are millionaires, even the owners. They don't like that uh, bill coming in for, a, you know, 250000 but then you look at Sean Payton and uh, John Gruden tonight, and <laughs> no mess. <laughs> they are not getting the memo or not giving a F one or the other, man. But uh, they're going to have a little uh, email in their inbox tomorrow. I get the feeling. Technically, they're wearing it, but they're not really wearing it. <laughs> no, they're not necessarily wearing it properly. I don't think it's doing much in terms of uh, preventing droplets or anything. 
When I saw that, I was like, man, I'm a little concerned because I know Cliff Kingsbury wasn't wearing his either. So yeah. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. wondering, I, I've seen a, quite a few of the coaches. So I wonder what the delineating factor there was. Like what made those coaches, the guys you're going after? <laughs> I will say that those amount of those fines, I see it's a little heavy handed from the league. I mean, those are some big numbers. I would think a five or $10,000 fine would be, you know, more in line, but Hey, all right. That's what they're going with. <laughs> Yeah, the NFL is heavy-handed, so when it likes to swing, it swings. That's true, man. They want to make these guys feel the burn in their wallets, so they're going big with a $100,000 fine for not having a mask for these coaches coming out of their personal checking accounts. That's a lot. I wonder if these like NFL charities are like, come on, baby, don't wear those masks. <laughs> Donate to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we want to make sure everybody's checking us out on social media. We always got a lot of good stuff on there, a lot of good content. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, also we're on, and then all the latest pod platforms, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Those are the ones you're going to want to hit up, Rich. Anything else to uh, let everybody know about what's going on in the socials? I think that's about covered. I, I would always remind if, if anybody's out there listening, I think Brad said, you know, try to get a friend to listen. Also, if you could get us a rating on there or a review and always we'd love it if you click subscribe. So you get us every time we're producing one twice a week for you now. So come on in, join the circle, give us a listen. Right on guys. And yeah, just checking in on this Monday night football game. And it looks like it's still 24 17 in the fourth quarter. So we have a lot of injuries to get to, and that's on everybody's mind all the fantasy managers across the globe right now these injuries were just out of control over the weekend one of the worst weekends i can remember they said there were seven torn acls uh, most of them for a lot of impact players i mean that's just a crazy number so you know we just might as well get into it because not only is it the injuries right rich i mean it's the opportunities unfortunately you know you hate to see anybody go down but when these injuries happen, it creates opportunities in fantasy. So we can go ahead and get into them, Rich. The first one, Saquon Barkley against the Bears. He took the handoff, went right. On the replay, I didn't see anything that significant really as to the tackle, but something didn't feel right for him, and uh, he went down grabbing his uh, left knee, I believe. So that was it for him. Was it the left or the right on Saquon? I believe it was his right knee. He was coming down on his right. Um, I, I had noticed on the tape that uh, maybe two plays before, he had taken a little little dinger there, and then mm. he went to the sideline for a play, came back in, and that next play, that was it. It took him down. I think he had already kind of done a little bit of damage in there, felt as though he could go, and then when he pushed into that player, you could see his leg kind of come down, and, and yeah, that's our ACL, and and man, you hate to see that. I, I I don't like to see that. Even as someone who doesn't have uh, Saquon Bar- Barkley rostered, I don't want to see that, man. No, I don't like it when major players go down for the year. It, it, it's nothing that we want to see. Um, but you're absolutely right. It does. It does. As fantasy managers, we have to uh, regroup and get right back into this thing and go. Okay, well, what does that do for values around the situation and and who, who's stepping up next? So that's where we'll take that one. Uh, what do you think on that situation, Brad? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I foresaw injuries this year, but more for COVID, not necessarily ACL and ankles and hamstrings and all this shit. I for, suspect a lot of people would be getting sick and then they just wouldn't play for a couple of weeks. So, I mean, that's kind of why I went value route this year. But holy cow, man, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, this yeah. is just painful to watch. I mean, I've kind of skated by a lot of my guys are just like one-week injuries so far. But, I mean, if Josh Jacobs is hurt, one of the guys in our league owns 
uh, McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs. So like mm-hmm. he'll lose two of his top backs like that in one yep. week. I mean, how do you recover that? I think I did see him out there for a down after that. Jalen Richard just took that in for a touchdown. Dude, they didn't want to tackle him. Wow. They just want to go home. So that's going to make it 30 or 31 to 17 after the extra point. Look out, though. Drew Brees can, can bring it in these situations, man. There's 741 left, so look out, man. He's He's got a little... He's got something in him usually. Yeah, but that's not a good sign if Richard is uh, in the game right now and Jacobs isn't. So I have to see how that plays out. And just about that uh, Barkley injury that happened in that Bears game. And, you know, in that early slate of games, guys, I'm sure you'll be shocked to hear this, but my undivided attention was pretty much on that (laughs) Bears-Giants game. And uh, surprise, surprise. But, you know, you talked about that play before that Saquon got hurt, and it, it was crazy, Rich, because I was watching the game with my old man, and I pointed it out because they didn't really show it. But I saw Saquon get up after that first play, and what, the way he landed actually looked like he jammed his elbow or hyperextended his elbow in addition to doing something to his leg. And then, yeah, one play later, man, it's like the ACL just snapped. So that's rough yeah. to see, man. And then guys behind him, I mean, we're looking at Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman. Uh, Deion Lewis got in the end zone against the Bears. Never been known as a between-the-tackles type of back. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be their every-down guy. And then you got Wayne Gallman. I think he was uh, banged up, too. So what do you see uh, with who's going to be replacing Saquon, Brad? You really want to know, Mark? <laughs> do you have a prediction? I do. I think Rich will concur with this prediction. All right, lay it on me, man. And his name is Freeman. Devontae. Devontae <laughs> Freeman. He's coming to New York, man. Devonte Freeman time. That's a good possibility. He's going to be going somewhere with all these injuries. I don't know if it'll be the Giants, but yeah, I I like the chances of that happening, Brad. And you know, I might have to uh, eat my words. I we might have to actually recommend picking up Devonte Freeman as a speculative ad in most leagues, just based on the fact that he's going to get a job and probably contribute somewhere. Even though at this moment he's technically not in the league, what do you think? You don't really need to apologize to anyone because the only reason he's in the league is because no one is playing anymore. So that's not really anything anyone could have foreseen. If he's coming into the league and he's a starting back and he's getting twenty plus carries a game, he's got to be on someone's roster. So that being said, keep an eye out. Well, I think we did kind of predict this. We said um, we thought he'd be sitting there on the market and come about week three. I think that's exactly where we set the over under was at week three that we'd see Devontae Freeman in a building somewhere. For me, I do think he is a guy who, if he comes to New York, give him three weeks, he will be the guy getting 15 to 20 carries. So it might be a little preview of what we do later on in the episode, but I definitely think he is worth a waiver ad. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. His agent was probably like, Hey, man, just sit back. They'll come. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yo, dude, it's week one. He's like, dude, just wait. <laughs> and then all these guys go down. He's like, I told you. Yeah. I told you. His phone's <laughs> ringing off the hook at this point, man. Yeah. He'll probably <laughs> fly to four different teams this week. Who knows? Unless somebody blows him away with an offer. But yeah, man, uh, pretty crazy stuff. And if, if he does uh, get signed, Brad, just keep an eye on Twitter. You know, look into the eyes of the emoji and let me know so I can go out and scoop them up, bro. I don't think any. I I don't think I have the patience to wait. To be honest with you, I'm not. I'm not even gonna wait for any emojis. <laughs> I see. I see the writing on the wall. This guy's getting signed. If he gets signed in one of two different places that I like, I think he's gonna have a good role there. So I'm quite interested right now this week. I'll, I'll let it be known. Anybody in our league who's listening to our podcast will know this now. I I have uh, a keen interest in Devontae Freeman. I have flipped the switch on that, and 
believe now. I believe if he's in one of these spots, he will have a good job. And I got to say to all the guys that are in our league actually listening, good fucking for you. Way to get all the information from us. You know, we're yeah. just giving it out to everyone. You you could like just play us like fiddles because you have everything. Mm-hmm. And those other guys that aren't listening, what fucking dumbasses? Nice. Like, <laughs> like what what are you guys thinking? It takes like an hour of your day. Like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah spread the word, man. We'll get the whole league on board. I got a feeling, man. No yeah. worries. Yeah, I don't but... think there's a couple of them that'll never come. <laughs> you can only put it out there, man. You can't help them all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, what's the point of drinking the haterade at this point? I mean, everybody knows that Todd Gurley's doing nothing for me, and I'm trying desperately to trade him. But that's all right. You trying to trade him already? <laughs> well, last week was the time. I'm considering mm. it. We'll see what happens. I'm a little mm. disappointed, to say the least. Maybe I'll have an offer for you, Mark. Oh well, uh, my door is oh. always open, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do some more injuries huh fun stuff <laughs> yeah i mean well no nothing fun about this shit because now we're talking about literally the best player in fantasy football cmc christian mccaffrey he's got a high ankle sprain look like he got it in the fourth quarter of that game and the timetable i saw rich is four to six weeks so i don't know if you have any more info on that no that's what we've got he's he's a high ankle sprain he's four to six weeks the one thing i'll tell you is that i believe a guy like christian mccaffrey in my mind He's more of the four-week version. Uh, I think he's the type of guy who wants to get himself right back out there as quickly as possible. So four weeks is still a hefty chunk, though, man. That's that's a quarter of our full season. If you're going to the championship game, that is a quarter of the season right there. So that is a hefty loss of production. Real tough to take as a, as a Christian McCaffrey guy, uh, manager who rosters him tough situation man we're seeing these big backs go down in week two it's tough man i dealt with david johnson going down in week one a few years back and and i know it's a tough one but as fantasy managers you got to get got to get the right mindset you got to understand it's week two and get right back on it so actually i got a question for you guys how do you respond to this because a lot of our a lot of fantasy owners or not owners a lot of fantasy managers gotta get that one right are out there and they're uh they have a lot of questions on their minds, like Michael Thomas owners, you know, Christian McCaffrey. They're going to be out four, possibly six weeks. Is that something you want to trade and get some value and try and get six weeks of production? Because you can't just lose three, four of those games. You have to say fantasy relevant. So where do you draw the line on, you know, stashing my guy on IR where someone else could be stacked? And, you know, they'll wait on a guy like Christian McCaffrey for six weeks. And then you can go get a nice piece. Like, where do you guys think? Where Where do you draw the line? Well, bro, I, uh, you know, I don't want to be the uh, the negative one here, but especially with McCaffrey, what I wonder is, I, I may be looking to deal him because, say, the Panthers are one and five or zero oh and six when he's ready to come back, or maybe he's at the four week mark, like Rich said, and the, the record's a little better. But if they're completely out of it. How much of a rush is management going to be in to bring him back? He is the franchise. I don't know. I mean, it's still early in the season, but that would be on my mind too if, you know, Christian McCaffrey was on my squad. Absolutely agree. I hear you about that. From what I've seen, I kind of project Carolina to be about what we kind of said. They're they're going to be a talented offense. Um, I don't know if they fall off the horse like that. If they go totally one and five, um, I think they have enough talent around Ooh, Kamara right there. Uh, I think they have enough talent around to to stay the course. And and really, when I looked at this situation, I was looking at tape. Um, I think our obvious waiver pickup, if you're if you're a Christian McCaffrey manager, 
and you roster him, I think there is an out. If you can get your, your hands on Mike Davis, go for that. He was in there for about quarter and a half maybe and took eight targets in that time, looked dope, Former Chicago guy. I know my guy, my yep. guy Mark, loves this guy, I'm sure. He's a beast, yep. man. Yep. I've liked him since Seattle. I liked him in, in Chicago when he was underutilized. I like him right now in Carolina. He is the perfect fit for this offense, to be honest with you. When I watch this offense, mm-hmm. even without McCaffrey, what they're doing there is absolutely perfect for what Mike Davis brings to the table. So pass catching back, I'm pretty excited about this guy, to be honest with you. And, you know, just a little thing, a little note when I was watching this as well. I like what this offense does in general. Uh, They're creative. They're using Curtis Samuel out of the backfield. So uh, look for that a little bit more. So I I definitely think they can stay the course, get to the other side, and keep rolling once McCaffrey gets back and and get themselves to like an 8-8 season. Right on, man. Well, another injury to talk about. Uh, let's see. We got some receivers on the list. Hey, how about a bit of good news? I'll interject some good news real quick. Chris Godwin go. <laughs> cleared the concussion protocol. So Chris Godwin's supposed to be back next week. And also Kenny Galladay, a source says that he should be ready for week three. So fingers crossed on that one. All right. Now back to all these blown ACLs because they're everywhere. Let's see real quick on these receivers. I mean, Cortland Sutton in Denver's out for the year. So that's going to elevate Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy. Um, but then at the same time, uh, Denver's quarterback, Drew Locke, got hurt. So, Rich, I'll send it to you. What do you make of that situation in Denver? Pretty unfortunate. Those are two, you know, pretty high-end offensive pieces for that squad. Yeah, I don't like seeing that, man. That's, I mean, your quarterback and your number one receiver are out in one weekend. So really tough to see. Brett, I- I'm sorry to interject here, but did Kamara get that touchdown? Yeah, we tried our signal you <laughs> touchdown. We were like, touchdown. You were in the zone. I was like feeling that Mike Davis shit. <laughs> no, yeah, we we're trying to tell you touchdown, dude. Touchdown. Touchdown. Oh shit. Okay. All right. So I might be yeah. close to uh achieving the boom status right now. Am I pretty close? Well, yeah, I think you got top points locked up and you're creeping up on that boom, man. I haven't checked it, but you're creeping up. I know I'm close then. If you got that touchdown, I'm close. What's the boom at? 133. Oh, yeah, you're 132.56. Ooh. So I'm just under it. I'm just under it. <laughs> the Saints are still down by a touchdown. So. Yeah, they're going to get the ball back, so you'll get one more opportunity. We'll see. We'll see. All right, what were we on? Oh, not with that run. Yeah, man. Uh, we talked about Cortland Sutton briefly. Uh, Drew Locke, too. I mean, yeah. you know, you guys saw it. You know, I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's AC joint injury. They're saying, I believe, two to four weeks. That's a tough one to come back from. I believe that's what Trubisky had last year, and that really hampered him for the remainder of the season. So, yeah, not a lot to like out there in Denver. I mean, Jeff Driscoll did fill in for Drew Locke pretty admirably, I thought. He threw a touchdown pass to Noah Fant, and had a couple of nice connections, but Jeff Driscoll's just a guy, man. He's a backup quarterback. He's not a guy who's going to lead your team really anywhere. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, he came in and did really, really play well in the game. But what I foresee is, you know, two weeks from now, defenses will really catch up to him. You know, a, a team game plans for a certain quarterback. So when it comes to the next quarterback, you know, even the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have to adjust on the fly. The one thing I'll say from watching that game, man, look out for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. They may have given up some plays in this game, but man, they are out there just smashing people. I mean, they're they're literally injuring people. <laughs> like <laughs> Bud Dupree is like look out. He is a beast, a full-on beast on the defensive side of the ball. 
dude, they're hitting people two, three yards behind the ball. Like, no one can get a running start, and they're just pop, pop, and they're just going backwards, yeah. man. I'm telling you, TJ Watt will be defensive player of the year. That's yeah. my call. I mean, Brad stamping it. Bud Dupree's going to give him a run for that, man. He's out there making yeah. plays, too. It's crazy. With, with Mika Fitzpatrick on the back end, dude, mm-hmm. like – Ooh, that, that defense is rough, man. But let me talk about Denver real quick. Driscoll, okay, say, say he can get us to the other side at least. I might be interested in some of these weapons around. Um, are they going to be more interested in securing the run game, run the ball, play good defense? I think I could see that. So maybe Melvin Gordon takes a tick up on that. Right on, man. And real quick, yeah, just checking in on the game. Josh Jacobs is back in the game, so that's good to yeah, see. Both and, backs. Both uh, we got backs. about – Two minutes left with uh, Raiders missed on third and five, but there was a flag. That's there. Oh, God. Yeah. It's coming down to the wire here. <laughs> <laughs> There's laundry on the field, folks. Yep, the laundry. All right. Yeah, more injuries, guys. I mean, these guys just banged up. Got to talk about it because, yeah, I mean, all these – the secondary guys that are filling in for them, you know. So Paris Campbell on the Colts, he has a torn ACL. Rashad Perriman on the Jets, he went out with a high ankle sprain. So, I mean, the Jets receiving core is just decimated. Uh, on the Indy side with Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton has been pretty disappointing so far this year. You know, he dropped a wide-open, easy touchdown pass this weekend. But, uh, you know, the Indy's also a little banged up as well. But I will say, hey, bright spot, Brad. Jonathan Taylor filled in nicely. Oh, he looked like a beast. And I will say this on John, uh uh, James Connor, I almost called him Jonathan Connor. James Connor actually came back from that ankle injury, and he looked like he he didn't miss a beat. So I was pretty happy with that, knowing that those two guys are back in action. But uh, did you guys see that the San Francisco 49ers actually brought everyone from their practice squad up to the team? Cool. They have so many injuries; they brought up everyone. They're just like, "Let's go, guys." Is that for real? No. They didn't okay. <laughs> Like, dude, no I'm way. just commenting on how many injuries they had, guys. <laughs> oh, all right. I got you, man. I might be a little bit high, Brad. Your jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I sold that one good, didn't I, guys? Apparently. Yeah. Brad just has that serious face, man. Huh? You can never know. <laughs> it's all about the delivery. Uh, well, you, you, you mentioned it, Brad. Let's go ahead and get into the San Francisco 49ers. And they went into... Is it MetLife Stadium out there in the Meadowlands uh, where the Jets play? They went in that stadium from what Rich, he told me the turf wasn't so great. And they came out with five injuries to, I mean, these are all impact players, some bona fide stud players. Uh, Nick Bosa, their star, absolute stud defensive end, defensive MVP candidate, Nick Bosa is out for the year with a torn ACL. They got Solomon Thomas also went out. Raheem Mostert has a knee. Tevin Coleman has a knee. They could be out multiple weeks. And Jimmy G is banged up. So, uh, I mean, the 49ers got the win, but at a hefty price when it comes to injuries. Yeah, and you look at San Francisco, they were already, I mean, they're already minus Debo Samuel. They're already minus George Kittle from week one. What is going on with San Francisco, man? That, That is wild. So, we're talking, yeah, like now between two weeks, we're talking seven really key positional injuries, and that's just wild. Uh, I, I could not even imagine it. Real quick, did we say Richard Sherman too? Yeah, no shit. Yeah. So that's eight. Eight stutters. They have lost eight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you go with Mostert Coleman, okay, so that's seven. We'll call it their running back system, but seven starters. 
Seven starters in two weeks. That's that's wild. But no, okay. So Jimmy G, I, I initially go, oh man, that that's rough. Okay, they're they're missing Jimmy G. Uh, but in comes Nick Mullins, and to be honest with you, I've started to kind of buy into the fact that Jimmy G's not that good. Has Kyle Shanahan bought into Jimmy G? Really, I don't think so. Um, so I don't think Kyle Shanahan's scared to run his offense with Nick Mullins, to be honest with you. He'll run the same offense. So that doesn't get affected. But then obviously with Mostert going down and Coleman going down, now we got to re-eval- reevaluate this backfield. And so we have Jarek McKinnon, who's been performing. Um, he's done pretty well, actually, the past two weeks. And But there's a guy I like. Might be a little preview of what's later to come, but Jeff Wilson, man. When Jeff Wilson gets an opportunity, Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, when he gets his opportunities, he's pretty great, man. He's he's Raheem Mostert, almost the same guy, really. I, I, I think they're equal talents, let's put it that way. Yeah, San Francisco is just completely ravaged by these injuries. So uh, that's that's rough, what we're seeing going on up there. Uh, one more guy, and th- this is the last guy on my list, Rich. I'm not sure if you have anybody else. Brad, you can speak on this one. I mean, Devontae Adams pulled up with a hamstring. I think he left after about three catches for 30-something yards. Um, looks like you're still going to get the win this week. So, you know, it didn't uh, hurt your squad in that regard, but uh, you never like to see that man with a star player like Adams. So what what are your thoughts? And have you heard the latest on him? Yeah, it's uh, the report came back. So it wasn't too serious. So looking like he might play next week. Worst case looks like he's going to miss a week. So, I mean, it's not serious. I've seen other guys come back in a week and it looks like it was non-existent before. So hoping for that result. Uh, so I'm going to treat it as that until I hear kind of any other news. Real quick, in that New York Giants game, Sterling Shepard also took an injury in that game. Uh, I'm actually forgetting it off my head right now, but it sounded like he's going to be about, about uh, two to four weeks out as well. So just real tough for the New York Giants this weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, man. Have we got anything else on the injury front? I think it's about, oh, Cam Akers took a little injury. Malcolm Brown took a little injury. Um, sounds like they're both going to be minor. I saw that, um, coming in. So acres is day to day already. So yeah, they're day to day. They're both looking day to day, most likely to play still. So we're going to have that three headed monster over there. Soon to be a one headed monster. I was thinking, I'll tell you what I did see. I mean, before acres got hurt, he put two plays on tape. He looked like the best back in that backfield to me, but you know, that has got to play out. You got to be healthy. He's got to be healthy. He's got to get more touches on tape. And then hopefully people in the building start seeing it. And that's kind of how it works out. But yeah, I, I think Cam Akers eventually be a nice little play this year. All right, guys. So we're going to move it along past these injuries. I mean, uh, yeah, it was just a rough weekend all across the board for injuries. So hopefully you, we got you guys updated on who to look for on the waiver wire. Uh, when we talk waivers later, maybe Rich will rank out for you, you know, the guys that he's most high on uh, when it comes to the waiver wire. Because Rich is like the most high guy that I know most of the time, except for Brad. I was going to say, I, I take a to that. <laughs> Brad probably wins. <laughs> Let's talk about some of these games. Uh, recap these real quick. One game we got to talk about was what happened in Big D with Atlanta and Dallas. I mean, the stats that are, came out of that game were pretty insane. Dak Prescott went off, I believe scored 39 fantasy points in our league. Uh, somewhere around there, he had three rushing touchdowns. One stat that I saw that was pretty amazing: Atlanta got out to that big lead, and you know they were up twenty-nine to ten at halftime. But no other team in the history of the NFL has scored thirty-nine points, committed zero turnovers on the offensive side, and lost. So teams that had had that scenario were 
440 and O. And uh, now that changed because Atlanta choked once again. So, Rich, I'll send it over to you, man. Just a quick recap of that game, man, if you can. Uh, I'll just say, man, it was a it was a wild game. But man, a lot of fantasy studs in that game. I, Calvin Ridley's tearing it up, man. Dak Prescott tearing it up. Thought it was interesting. I, I remember I did the Acapulco Gold last week. And I had Aaron Jones, and I had Dak Prescott, and I said I have to go with the quarterback because I think they have more of a chance. So I was so close to hitting that, nailing that right on the head, dude. <laughs> but uh, crazy game! Uh, I couldn't believe Atlanta just looking at that onside kick. By the way, yeah, that was insane. It's like they they think they can't touch it till it hits ten yards too. They're just, just like they it. were like walking it, like they're escorting it to the ten yard yeah. line, and then we're they like, once it gets it. to ten, we'll all jump and we'll make it a fair fight, you know. It was crazy. That was one of the worst plays I've ever <laughs> seen. And, it, you know, there were multiple Falcons around the ball, and they were just looking at each other. And it it's not like it was a fast bouncer. Like, that ball was spinning and spinning and slowly creeping toward the 10-yard mark. <laughs> you got three Falcons surrounding it. None of them Please. dove on the ball. That's all they got to do. The game's over. And uh, just a major gaffe. And uh, you got to put that on the coaching staff. And, you know, Dan Quinn, I like him as a coach, but you, you look at what happened in the Super Bowl where they completely choked on a 28-3 to lead, and now they blew this game. It's just a repeating pattern, and, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm not excited about, you know, how he's utilizing Todd Gurley in the run game. I mean, he did give him 21 touches, but he didn't have him in there on some goal line carries, and, that's obviously Todd Gurley's specialty, so that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But just a, a lot to wonder about on that, how Atlanta closed out that game. I mean, Matt Ryan is out there playing his ass off, throwing for four or five touchdowns again this week. And, you know, they just blow it. So Atlanta's 0-2, and guess who they draw next week? The Bears in Atlanta. So we'll see how that game plays out. But, Brad, any thoughts on that Atlanta-Dallas game? Man, when, when I saw they were up, and I literally thought to myself, dude, Rich called Dak? Oh my God, this yeah. guy's got like eight fucking points. Mm. And then as the, it went on, I was like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. It's like staring at Vicky Valancourt. And he's like, uh-huh. I was <laughs> like, holy shit. And I was like, he fucking nailed this shit, you know? So I was pretty fucking impressed with that one. Yeah, man. Uh, Rich, I believe you actually called the two highest scoring guys with between your kind buds and your Acapulco goal. Just had them a little bit out of order, man. So you were right on the money on Dak and Aaron Jones, buddy. I will say this that shit rich said you know when it comes push comes to shove i go with quarterback yeah i should have fucking listened to him because i had Devonte adams and russ wilson and if i would have went russ wilson i would have looked a lot smarter than my Devonte adams pick <laughs> oh yeah well you can't predict injuries man that's the thing about it i did i should have seen this you should have seen it coming <laughs> brad you had most you had most for your acapulco yeah so Barring that injury, I think you would have been nice on that, man. Yeah, I'm not sure he would have been a true Acapulco, but he would have still had a nice game. Well, he broke off that early 80-yard touchdown run, so he was definitely off to a good start before he got hurt. It's like man. all he does. He's yeah. good for one 80-yard yeah. run, and he sits <laughs> down and re- watches the rest of the game. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Tevin, you uh, take it from here. <laughs> yeah, I'm done, dude. That was great. All right, guys, we'll move it along to the uh, New York Giants at Dub Bears. We all picked the Bears to win. I actually almost uh, nailed the score. I said 17-10. It ended up 17-13. But, you know, the Bears got the win, so I'm happy, man. And, you know, they almost blew it once again like they do and got 
extremely lucky once again. I would say, you know, obviously the injury to Saquon was unfortunate. Sterling Shepard got hurt. The Bears defense went and rattled Daniel Jones like I expected. But, you know, just on the offensive side with the Bears, guys, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky just makes too many mistakes, too many risky throws, and it's just a pattern with him. I'm not seeing a lot of improvement. So, I don't know. Going forward, Rich, you know, how are you feeling about Trubisky and this Bears offense? Honestly, I, I kind of disagree. Like, I see a trajectory for this team this year where it's it's kind of going to follow what it followed last year, but they're going to have the added benefit of already – securing two wins so they're two and oh yeah regardless of what what it took to get there what it was on the film all that stuff they're two and oh and so now honestly what i saw in the offense was when i watched the game i go hey i would really like it if they just featured david montgomery a lot more if they could just space their offense out of that run game man i think they'd really kill it and and with the creative stuff that Nagy can bring bring that later once you've really sunk them sunk that defense in because they have to concern themselves i think david montgomery's running really well so i like what i see there um i like i like actually some of those throws i think on mitch too he had to throw them into those tight windows that's just what he was left with and actually like on some of them I think Mark, I think he was pinpointing those suckers to keep them just out of play where he he knew he didn't really have something there, but I think he put it like, okay, this is the one spot where my guy can get it. And he's probably not going to have a real good shot, but he might, he might be able to still get there. There was a couple of those throws I saw on tape. So interestingly enough, I'm still heavy in on the, on the Chicago bears. Yeah, man. Uh, what I saw and I will have to eat my words a little bit here about David Montgomery. He does look like he's stepping it up here in the sophomore campaign. Uh, made a couple nice cuts to get in the end zone. And uh, also took a nasty fall. I mean, it's probably a ill-advised way to, you know, he wasn't trying to dive over the goal line or anything. It was the middle of the field. He tried diving over the line, got popped up and landed right on his dome to where I thought they might be bringing out the next stabilizer and everything. I was a little concerned, but he got checked out in the locker room, came back in the game and kept contributing. So kids got some toughness in him. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Bears were lucky to win that game. I will say, you know, the defense, Eddie Jackson made an amazing pick six and I was extremely fired up only to once again, see that yellow laundry on the field. So that's kind of how it goes for me, but. It's so frustrating, man. It's such hey, man. an amazing play. It is what it is, though. They're 2-0. and Like I said, yeah. they are 2-0. You have a 2-0 and team right now. So. Yep, you'll take it. Actually, Rich, before we get to it, I have two 2-0 and teams because oh. uh, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, they welcomed the Washington football team into the desert, and they got the job done, guys. Uh, Kyler Murray continues to impress me. Uh, he's starting to look like one of the top 10 players in the NFL to me right now, to be completely honest. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins, another good performance. Rich, in terms of how wide open you've ever seen a wide receiver, when your boy <laughs> D-Hop caught that touchdown, man, I mean, there was not a defender within uh, 12 yards of him by my count, man. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned that. I meant to go back to that play and watch the coaches on that one, the coaches' film of the All-22, because I wanted to see just how spread out that thing got. And it's like, I think they said it the first week, too, against the Niners when he caught that one crossing pattern. It was like, yeah. you do understand that this is DeAndre Hopkins, right? We're, we're going to have yeah. to defend DeAndre Hopkins, guys. <laughs> it's the same thing, man. Like, how is he so open? <laughs> Maybe they're just used to not, like, 
garden people in Arizona. So they just like it hasn't fully hit them. It's like jet lag by week four will kind of catch up to them. Well, Kingsbury is really operating at a high level with these offensive weapons and the play calling, man. I, I really think he is. He's got defenses confused out there. And Brad, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, right? When Andy Isabella gets open for a big 50-yard catch or whatever he had, that's exactly what they're worried about, man. I mean, there's just so many weapons on this offense that can't account for all of them. And then he got Murray using his feet and breaking plays too. So cards are looking hot out the gate, brother. That is exactly a great point, Mark, and I was going to bring it up. So you have all these great weapons like you just talked about, but then you add Murray's legs. And not only can he throw a, a laser, so if he needs to thread a, a ball in a window, he can just fucking do it. But he can run so quick, man. You watch, I'm telling you, I watched because he had these big white socks all the way up to his knees. And when he ran, he ran so fast, the green between his legs disappeared. It just looked like a white blur. And it was like, and you're like, holy shit, that guy's fast. And, dude, he's just embarrassing people, man. It's just – he's, like, literally – and he's being smart about running. He, he runs like Russell Wilson. He's smart. He's not trying to take hits, but he's taking advantage and getting yards when he can. So how do you guard him and then guard everyone else? And then not only that, the defense is stepping it up. So, I mean, this is like a – this is a crazy team you're dealing with. Yeah, guys, uh, and we could probably talk about the cards all day, but we got a few more games to get into. So, the Detroit Lions, Matt Patricia, I'm not sure, Rich. You were calling it since we started this podcast that Matt Patricia is going to be fired this year. And uh, I'm starting to think that that was a very wise call because Detroit, it just looks terrible at this point. They got off to a lead against Green Bay and then just got demolished in the second half. They couldn't stop Aaron Jones, and the Packers' offense is cranking, so that might be one where, you know, all three of us might want to eat a little bit of crow because Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers came out fired up so far this year. So what are you seeing on both sides of that game? I'll start with the Packers. Uh, I think this is uh, definitely a top-five offense in the NFL. And I, I, I'm confused a little bit because Matt, Matt LaFleur, I don't know if he took, I don't know if he took like all of last year to set up what he's doing this year, which would be like almost like really brilliant. But like the, the stuff he is running this year, he has got just like some creative shit going on. So really impressed with Matt LaFleur right now. And I have to say, I'm very impressed with Aaron Rodgers, man. I, I think we did when we talked about him, we did say that we, we would steer clear. However, we did feel that there was that that chance, that chunk of chance, that he could come out real fired up this year, and and I think um, yep. that's what he's proven. We're gonna have to soundbite that that chunk of chance, chunk of chance, chunk of chance. <laughs> I like that, <laughs> yeah. but no, that's exactly why I picked up Devonte Adams in the draft. Is because literally he was going out for a good price, and I thought about it, what if I'm wrong? He's a guy that gets ten plus receptions a game. Maybe this is a guy I want to go and get. I also forgot he also likes hamstrings and turf toe, but uh, that's kind of beside the point. <laughs> well, I don't think he likes them, but he might be prone to them. Uh, well, I mean, he seems to every year he gets it, but, but I mean, besides that, he likes reception. So I kind of, when he's healthy, he's a great play. So yeah. And then on the Detroit side, uh, they just look like a mess, Brad. I mean, they're supposed to get Kenny Galladay back next week, but I mean, just the defense can't stop anybody and a lot to be concerned about in Detroit. Lions fans are probably used to it at this point. This is generally how their teams looks most years, I guess you would say. But, uh, you know, I I was really thinking Detroit might be a contender this year, a dark horse, but that does not look to be the case. 
I definitely thought they'd be better than this. Real quick about Matt Patricia that bothers me too. He's he's a defensive coach, so they've got terrible defense. So yeah. that's that's when it's like the ultimate thing of like you know your head coach has to go. He's been there, you know. There's his third season, and he's yet to correct any of the defensive issues. So to be honest with you, it's just occurred to me. Man, if you think about it, eventually they're going to have this coaching change, right? So if you look at who who's their offensive coordinator, I think that's guys that guy's most likely to get the job. So if we like that guy, is there a chance that we kind of like Detroit a little bit on the on the under value because they'll have a pickup, I think. When you when you get the new coach in there, I think there is a natural pickup of the team. And don't get me wrong, I mean there's some good offensive pieces there. Maybe that's something to calculate into your, your trade market when you look at it. Um, still be tough. I, I I would think the new guy would want to use DeAndre Swift. That would be my kind of projection. So maybe he's a good buy low guy right now. He can't catch a ball. <laughs> oh, I'm saying if he catches that ball, his stats look even nicer right now. Well, yeah, he catches that ball. I have trust. He's wide open. Man. Yeah, it's not a good look to drop a game-winning touchdown like that. Uh, but he is a running back, so still not as bad as the guy in this next game we're going to talk about. That was uh, Indy versus Minnesota. The Colts came out. They played well. Phillip Rivers looked pretty good. I'm not sure if you guys caught this, but uh, Phillip Rivers threw a 40-yard bomb to T.Y. Hilton in about the second quarter, and – Hilton had all the separation he needed. This was a catch he's going to make 99 out of 100, but I don't know what's going on with him this year, man. I don't know if he just can't catch balls that Phillip Rivers throws to him, but he completely bobbled it, dropped it. And, I, you know, we already talked about Atlanta and Dallas. Julio Jones had a big drop in the end zone too. So some of these veteran sure-handed receivers have uh, had some big drops. But as far as that whole game goes, you know, impressive win by Indy, I thought, and Kirk Cousins went back to looking like Kirk Cousins. What did you see, Brad? Well, it's actually funny you say that T.Y. Hilton drop, because right when he dropped it, the only thing I could hear in my head was Sarope's voice going, Juju Smith-Schuster. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're picking T.Y. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so far this year, uh, Juju's the easy choice. Yeah. T.Y. will see some better days. Um, as soon as Philip retires. Juju's looked nice too, but he only scored about five points yesterday. So, you know, um, the whole script changes if Ty catches that ball too. Like, I mean, oh, I understand yeah. that's, oh, yeah. that's a forty-yard touchdown. So he's got ten extra points on his on his stat lines for the year. You're going, oh man, okay. Ty's looking good. So I actually like what's going on in Indy. They they run the ball and then they yes they do. You roster Jonathan Taylor, Brad. Um, you should like what you see. They gave him the rock twenty five times. They gave him uh, what six uh, targets as well. On top of that, yeah, thirty touches for the guy. Dude, he had a sweep to the outside to the right, and he had a pulling guard that I swear to God was running faster than him. Mm. Can, they're they're crazy good. That's why I wanted to get behind the Pittsburgh and Indy line is because of this reason, and it's, man, it's starting to pay. Yeah, Brad, and with the, with the injury last week to James Conner, you did recommend everybody to maybe leaving Conner on your bench, seeing how it played out. And, you know, Conner ended up having a decent day, but at the same time, you did recommend everybody get Jonathan Taylor in their lineup. Yeah, he looks like a really good fit in Indy, and uh, you got to be excited about the future with that kid, man. On the Minnesota side, though, guys, we can't just let Kirk Cousins slide on a three-interception game, man. What happened there? Okay, yeah, I got to eat that one. I I got to eat that one this year. I, I mentioned his name in the off season, so I guess I was I was totally wrong to even mention this man's name. Don't even talk about him. 
Well, I, I'll give Rich a little slack. He did just mention his name because he, he wants us to finish a, a piece real quick and we're trying to pick guys. So he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. Kirk Cousin. And then, you know, Rich just wants to prove a point. Like, it doesn't matter who I pick. I can do it. So, like, he was only halfway serious about that pick. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's one game. The Colts are good defense. But that, that's why I always say that Kirk Cousins reminds me of Jay Cutler because he'll look good one week and then he'll just make boneheaded plays the next week. And it's impossible to count on. That's how I see it. What I'll tell you real quick about that game is that Minnesota Vikings defense is pretty god-awful. And then didn't we see that they took an injury today too? I think there was a defensive injury too. So they took they took another injury there. They're a bad defense. I saw it in week one. I saw it in week two. So this is a bad defense. So it starts to like I like to sit there and like stockpile like okay, what do I think are like the five worst defenses overall? I like to think about what are the five worst run defenses, what are the five worst passing defenses, and what are the five worst overall, and start really attacking those. Right on, guys. And then one more game before we hit the intermission. Big game down there in L.A., man. The Chiefs and the Chargers. That was a really good game, the late afternoon game. A lot of interesting fantasy stats to come out of that game. Tyreek Hill did catch the one deep touchdown and then remove his helmet, and they did not call the penalty, which then would have changed the entire outcome of the game. It was pretty interesting because they ended up going for two, and if they would have had the 15-yard penalty, they obviously wouldn't have went for two. So, Interesting on that front. On the Chargers side, Brad, I'll throw it to you. Justin Herbert, rookie QB, got in the game. Tyrod Taylor took an injury in the pregame, they said. And I liked what I saw from that kid, man. He was pretty impressive. Yeah, for a rookie, I was very impressed. When uh, I saw Tyrod went out, I didn't think they stood a chance with Tyrod. And when they went out, I was like, okay, they're going to get eaten alive. And I was, I mean, that defense really surprised me. Uh, I didn't give them as much credit as they deserve. Bosa is an absolute beast. And it shows. I mean, trust me, that's uh, that's why I was interested in the Chargers' defense is Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram combo. Uh, I love that, man. And you've got uh, – it was supposed to have Derwin James at the back end, man. I mean, that's defense. That's defense all day. So, like, I- I'm pretty excited about where my defenses stand right now. I have the Chargers and, and the Bucks, so I think that's – Really solid setup. So, well, I feel pretty confident with my Pittsburgh Baltimore. What about you, Mark? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in that realm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're all pretty well stocked on defenses, though. I mean, I got Chicago and uh, Washington. So oh yeah, Washington. I forgot. I, forgot. I feel <laughs> pretty confident on that. Yeah, end. yeah, you know, a lot of people. There's a lot of good defenses this year because yeah. I have Baltimore. So I'm thinking about you know trade options and who could use a good defense. As it stands, everyone's they have a defense that's pretty much putting up points. Maybe one team, and I don't think they want to trade, so it's different. Brad, I have a lot. I have a lot of interest in the Steelers. Well, I'm sure you do. Oh, oh. well, uh, Sarope started the Colts against me, and you know, picking off Kirk Cousins three times and getting a safety. I think they were the highest scoring D of the weekend. Not positive on that, but I think they put up 16 or 17. So culture is another strong one that we talked about in the preseason. So anyways, guys, yeah, with that KC uh, LA game, just the Chargers look like they're going to be a good team, a competitive team this year, possibly a playoff team. Uh, Real quick, Rich, what do you make of the backfield situation with Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly? Seems to be a pretty decent split. Uh, Probably not what some people were expecting. You know, Austin Eckler was drafted like a uh, probably a top 12 running back in a lot of leagues. So what are you seeing from that little uh, backfield situation? Well, interestingly enough, I went ahead and picked up Josh Kelly last week. I think I briefly had advised of him in our waiver wires. 
Um, but yeah, th they're going to run the ball and check it out. I mean, uh, I was going to say San Diego, uh, LA, LA Chargers are, are are known to have that split backfield. Even with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, they were carrying two backs, um, really fulfilling their their roles. They really want to have Austin Eckler in the role of a pass catcher, um, but bring him out there both in these roles. And Josh Kelly's really good at catching the ball out of the backfield too. So they're they're both hybrid type guys, but Josh Kelly's the bigger guy. And if you see him on tape, he's the more Melvin Gordon style runner. And I mean, he had twenty three carries this weekend, so I've, I've I've got Josh Kelly on my roster. I advise going and getting him if you can. Uh, again, Actually, Mark, can we just talk real briefly about one more game? I feel like we yeah. got to at least mention Seattle, New England. Yeah, Russell Wilson possible MVP start. Uh, Cam Newton off to a great start. Seems like every rushing touchdown's going through him. But what a bad play call at the end. I mean, Jesus, everyone knew mm. what they were doing. Like they should have just snuck someone out in the flats and spun him out and give him an option, give him some option out there. Yeah, not just out on an island. They put him out there with nothing. I, th I think I think Belichick's got to just eat it on that one and just be like, yeah, I don't like it. But maybe I mean I guess Josh McDaniels is calling the plays, so that's that's on him, I guess. But you know they'll move on on to on to whoever they're playing next. You know, on to Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, it honestly felt like they ran that play, saying like you can't stop this play. And yeah. Seattle's like, yeah, we will. <laughs> you did it. This is like the fourth time we've seen it. It was a great game. Yeah, a really good game on Sunday Night Football, man. I agree. Uh, a lot of fantasy studs stepped up in that game. You know, Russ is just off the chain this year. Brad, you also have Josh Allen on your roster. We're not going to get to that game, but he has been on fire so far early in the season. So, I mean, you're pretty set at quarterback, homie. Brad's pumped. You didn't see him. He was pumped, man. <laughs> DK, bro. DK's out here benching 450 pounds pregame. I mean, he's Dude, just. Dude, did an you animal. see him on Gilmore, man? The jumps. <laughs> you see the jumps? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, on Gilmore, he was just pancaking that dude. He's like, yeah. get out of my way. <laughs> dude, he's putting every D back on nose. Like, dude, I'm too big and I'm too fast for you. Good luck. And, and that touchdown bomb that DK caught, Brad, I mean, he just shedded that Gilmore tackle almost like it was nothing, man. He just he shrugged him off like, I'm getting to this end zone, man. Like, don't even try it. It's wild. So, <laughs> I think uh, we were all on board that DK was going to be a beast this year, right, Brad? I mean, we've, yeah, been we were. we've all been saying that <laughs> since day one, right, Brad? Oh, I, we, I think we all knew it. I, I uh, Yeah, I can't really say I was saying it. Maybe in my <laughs> mind and in my heart. But that's uh, not to our fellow listeners. That came way later. Hey, real quick, a couple other little things I had of notes when I was watching some film. Mark, what about that Darren Fells fella? Uh, down in Houston. I mean, yeah, he gets open in the end zone. I have to. Oh, I don't know if you guys remember, but he asked us about it, and we were like, we don't want to talk yeah. about Darren Fells, and he's caught two touchdowns yeah. already. Two games, two touchdowns. So I just had to give you a little props yeah. on that. That's what he does, man. I don't like that though. That's not what I like in my tight ends. Do you have your dinger around? <laughs> I do, in fact. I do. Oh, get yeah. that sucker out. <laughs> another one for me. You allowed me to have a ding, so I feel so much better now. And then one, uh, another thing. Did you guys see those uh, goalposts in Tampa? They were crooked. They were like this, dude. There was a set of goalposts that were totally crooked. It was crazy. It sounded like a little crooked the whole game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to sign Cody Parkey if that's the case. No. He, he has enough trouble hitting the straight uprights, so. Hey, real quick, since we're just fucking around, I want to give you guys a quick stat about tonight's game. 
Waller had 12 receptions. I thought it was 13. They must have just updated it really quick. Uh, what do you think the next guy with the receptions was at? How many? Four. Three. Oh. Yeah, three, three, two, two, and then everyone else was one. And then Darren Waller had 12. 12 yeah. for 103 and a touch. That's nice, man. Waller's a baller. It's like they're only looking to him and they can't stop him. It's crazy. One quick thing about this game we were just watching, and the uh, Raiders did end up winning that 34-24, so we want to make sure we get that info out there. The Saints are 1-1 one and one and the Raiders are 2-0. and oh. But one thing I want to say about this game, I don't know if you guys saw that. Rich, you mentioned the goalpost leaning. It made me think of this game where they had like a light truck or some type of – it looked like a lift, uh, you know, over by the end zone, and Camaro was running out of bounds. Two Raiders crashed into this lift. The one guy didn't move for about five minutes, man, and the other guy cracked his head on it. I was like, you know, I just thought to myself, why is that so close to the field of play? That seems a little crazy <laughs> to me, but – I just wanted to bring that up. I was like, wow. I guarantee next week uh, that thing's not going to be in that spot. Dude, that was the exact thought I had when I saw that shit with him yeah. just like laying on the ground by it. I was like, why is it there? Why the fuck is that sitting there? This is crazy. Get that shit out of there. <laughs> yeah. It's not a soul in the stadiums, but they put that shit close. Yeah. Little tidbits I want to throw at you real quick. I don't know if you guys have like heard it like listening to these games, but it's like so different with the no fans of just like, Mm -hmm. you can hear the guys on the sideline calling shit out like to their offense Mm -hmm. and to their defense. They're just hollering shit out. Like when it's a run or a pass, they're like hollering it out. And like, actually like, I think they're giving like cues of to like their zone of their play. So like if they, if they know that some zone is missing, they'll fucking holler it out and you'll see an adjustment from the defensive backs. So it's like it's like crazy to like the adjustment to the game there, like because you can hear. Maybe that's why defenses are playing so well, because they can make these so many adjustments. The, yeah, the, the the noise level is so weird. Like, and and there's no like there's no issues like you'd usually have at a home game uh, for a team where it's just super loud when you're on offense. That that's not happening anymore. There's there's none of that noise. Oh, one thing too. <laughs> our, I don't know if you guys saw in the in the broadcast tonight, but the Raiders owner said he's not going to have any fans this year, even if they're like allowed to have some fans in. He said, "No, I'm not going to do it this year. I want to just open it up next year with a packed house. If I can't have it as a packed house, if I have to restrict it, I just want to open to a packed house." That's what he said. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I also yeah. saw a cool stat that the Raiders had spent an NFL high of $52 million on their offensive line this season. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of showing too. Yeah. If, I mean, if Derek Carr has time and Darren Waller is getting open, I mean, <laughs> that you get a lot to like about that combination. So yeah, guys and Brad real quick, you said that so many defenses are playing good right now. Well, playing well. I think the New York jets and the Atlanta Falcons and the uh, Detroit lions might raise their hand and say, you're not talking about us, are you? <laughs> no, I would not. Because <laughs> they aren't uh, gaining any advantage from the empty stadiums, I can tell you that. They're getting torched week in and week out. All right, guys, and we have arrived at the halfway point, or maybe a little bit after halfway, but we're going to drop a real quick, you know, it's our signature move. I mean, this is how we roll in the OFP, and uh, we may not get to it every episode, but we're getting it to it tonight, and 
we are going to go to our little herbal intermission. So, <laughs> that's the call. That is the caca. That's to let all the stony individuals out there know that it is time to smoke one up as we wrap up this week two in fantasy football in the NFL. Send it over to you, Rich. What you puffing on today, buddy? Caca! Caca! What's up, man? I uh, I got me another timeless cartridge today. Uh, this one's called, it's a sativa called Lemon Faderade. I thought that was an interesting <laughs> name. Lemon Faderade. The Faderade, man. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, so this thing says it's got energy, which uh, I'll, I'll admit I just took a hit just as you were talking. I, I couldn't help it. So I took a hit, <laughs> figured it might actually speed us up a little bit. Very good. Uh, it's got a lemony flavor. It is a lemon. Brad's taking a hit, as you can see. This is the nice intermission. <laughs> Smoke the weed. <laughs> Smoke weed every day. Oh, yeah. Well, that's good, man, because, you know, some of those people out there, you know, maybe they're not down with the uh, cannabis angle of our pod. They might be drinking the Haterade on that side. Hopefully not. We hope everybody's on board. But, hey, if you're drinking the Haterade, Rich is over there smoking the Faderade. So we're going to counteract that, man. And not only that, I will say this. If you got some haterade in you, you need to take a deep look down inside and say, why? <laughs> what do you hate against it? And I'll tell you, you're wrong. You're wrong. I always say that people who don't really like to smoke weed just haven't smoked the right strain. I think there's a strain out there for everyone, mostly. <laughs> they just they just never got yeah. there. They, they, someone gave them the totally raw, the opposite that they would like. If, if someone's a sativa person, someone gave them an indica, and they're like, why do I want to do this? <laughs> I blame the old government propaganda that pushed weed as a really negative thing, gave people 20 years for stupid stuff. I mean, come on, it's a plant, guys. And look at look at everything it fixes. Look at all the progress we made and people still hating on it. It's crazy. Yeah, man. It all started with the reefer madness back in the day. But I agree, man. It's been a bunch of propaganda all these years. And finally, in the year 2020, seems like uh, most of America and the world's coming around, man, and saying, yeah, uh, it's medicine. It helps. It makes people happy. It's good stuff. Yeah, sit back, drink a keep cola, and relax. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if you want to slam a Keith Cola, though, because that is 100 milligrams. So. <laughs> I'll tell you, it was a tough edit when I was on that Keith Cola. <laughs> I was kind of surprised when you said 100 milligrams. I was like, whoa, for rich? That's yeah. big time, man. <laughs> I, was like, I, was, I was one-eyed for a little bit of that. I was like, oh, just stay up, man, stay up. Let's get this edit done. <laughs> but no, I should have had this lemon because lemon faderade because actually it is pretty potent, man. I can. It's a little bit harsh, which like actually I kind of like it when it's a little bit harsh sometimes because I do get a little bit of cough on and I do feel it a little heavier. So I, I, I like this guy opening my eyes up. I think I'm ready for some waiver talks and getting the heck out of here. Well, that's pretty good because they're like half closed right now. So <laughs> You think so? There you go. Well, real quick, Rich, I did check the fantasy scores and I want to let you know you are currently the leader in the clubhouse for the Boom Goes the Dynamite Award. So, you know, you got the Faderade going and I just gave you that kind of news, man. I mean, you got to be on cloud nine, buddy. I like it, man. I like to, I like to set that precedent. It's early in the season, but Everybody knows Vatican Assassin's back on the on the mark to, on, on this year. I'm, I'm heading. I want to get back to week 16 again. Let's let's try to give it another run. I'm coming after you. <laughs> That's my record. I bet you are. I bet you are. 145, 143. It's coming up. Two and zero, right? Two and zero. Yeah, I and mean, I made some bad starts this week. I sat DK over Emmanuel Sanders. Ooh. 
I should take a week off this podcast because that you should probably slap <laughs> yourself silly. Yeah, I do. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I hope none of you listened to me on that bit of information. But luckily, my other guys, Waller and everyone else, my other pieces really kicked it up. So Crosby got me good points. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. That was a good, quick little intermission. And we'll wrap it up right there. Uh, you know, hopefully everybody's checking out the episode and you know when you listen to it on the podcast apps you'll have a little uh, herbal intermission jam in the background to kind of get you in that stony mood so you know yeah join the circle with us that's what we say every week guys so as we're coming out of it guys we get to the back half here and we still have plenty to talk about so much going on in the nfl but we're going to try to run through it pretty quick, I think. Uh, Rich, I mean, we have some waiver talk to get everybody prepared for their waivers. It's important, especially this week with all the injuries. When we talked about injuries in the front half, we touched on some of it. But maybe it's just a good idea to kind of run through and rank some of your uh, top waiver ads for the week. Who you got for your gems and, you know, who you got on the board. And me and Brad will probably throw a couple out there, too. You know, I do think it is advisable to really hit the waiver wire. That's how you navigate the injuries, man. So whatever's available to you, you got to scour it and and find suitable pieces and replacements for as you got to start people. So a real gem, just real quick, just for a spot start, I think Jordan Reed is actually looking pretty nice. If George Kittle is going to sit down again, I think he's good for a spot start. So if you have a lot of waiver moves available to you and you have a roster spot available to you, it's a little tougher for our league with the shortened bench. If you have it available to you, that's a good gem for a spot start. Um, But then let's get into the real good guys, um, long-term type of guys. I think you got somebody, I, I think I gave it away earlier, but a real gem is Devontae Freeman. I, I like the guy, man. I, th- I think I'm going to go after him. I, th- I think either – I was thinking that he might be heading to the L.A. Rams if there was if they were dealing with two heavy injuries, so that's not going to happen. But I still like it in New York, man. I don't know what you guys think about that. I definitely like him in New York. I mean, Barkley was the main guy. He was getting all the carries, so it's not like he's coming into a timeshare. Maybe for the first week or so till he gets caught up to speed, but it's pretty much – if they bring him in, it's going to be his show. So he's going to get 20-plus carries – couple balls out of the backfield you know he's rosterable yeah man for sure uh if he ends up in new york i mean just with Dion lewis and wayne gallman there neither of those guys are the bruiser kind of backs that can run in between the tackles on a consistent basis so i would foresee freeman getting a heavy workload if they bring him in but like you said it'll take a few weeks just like it did with another guy leonard fournette that we didn't even talk about he looked a lot better in week two with a little more comfortable in the offense but um, as far as uh, some more waiver guys, you know, somebody that I saw that may be available in some leagues is Daryl Henderson with both Rams running backs, Cam Akers, and Malcolm Brown dealing with a little bit of injuries. So that might be a guy to throw on the list. Brad, you got somebody? Uh, yeah, actually, Daryl Henderson was my guy. And C.D. Lamb, I feel like he's out there. I feel like he's a really good wide receiver. Uh, Judy and also Ruggs, you know, all those uh, rookie wide receivers. I feel like all of them are starting to pan out, and all of them are worth rostering. Yeah, those are nice. I did have a couple tight ends for you. Uh, Mike Jacecki is still out there, the Miami yeah. Dolphins tight end. This guy's chewing up like eight targets a game. That's really good for a tight end and, and good usage, so I like him. Especially a second-string tight end. Yeah, considering he's second-string, according to the depth chart, right? According to them, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe yeah. they maybe we got that report as like the kick in the ass that Mike Jacecki needed, you know what I mean? Yeah, who knows, man. That's true. He's been killing it. So, like, maybe in camp he was just kind of like, you know, I got the job, I'm the shit, and they're like, hey, 
knock it off. <laughs> so they put yeah. out that report. He's like, oh, fuck, okay, all right, yeah, you're right. And then they got his head right because he's got he's looked good for two weeks. I actually heard a report that he was referring to himself in the third person and that he was like the man. And so the coaches, yeah, they're like, dude, this guy's getting a little too big of a head. So, yeah, <laughs> I heard that's why he got knocked down. Mike runs whatever route Mike wants to run. Oh, no, he was saying full name. Mike Jacecki runs whatever route Mike Jacecki wants to run. <laughs> And when Mike Jacecki wants to catch the ball, well, then fight when Mike Jacecki will catch the fucking ball. Mike Jacecki. That's like a tongue twister. <laughs> no, I, I do have one more tight end for you guys. Um, it looks like Jack Doyle could be out like two to four weeks. Um, maybe that strings out a little bit longer. But in the meantime, Moali Cox, uh, he had a really good yeah. game in that game. He looked great. He looked good, man. Yeah, he, he looked really clutch and really utilized by Philip Rivers. I just like kind of thought of like Philip Rivers to Antonio Gates type stuff. Like, I like that stuff. So <laughs> that's that's something to get involved with, maybe. You know, you're speaking of like uh, free waivers and also one thing trade wise with tight ends, Higby is someone that I've really been impressed with, and Janu Smith. Those are two guys that are really stepping it up and really nice. What about Noah Fant? No offense. Oh, I want to trade for no offense. Uh, what do you want for no offense, Mark? Let's do this on, on the air. What do you want for no offense? Oh, boy. I'll have to break down our rosters, Brad. I'm not going to get all crazy with it here, but uh, I will take just about anything for anyone now that I'm 0-2. That's usually my mindset if I dig myself this kind of hole. But, uh, you know, I'm playing a tough team again in week three. I got a uh, turtle coming up. He's got Lamar Jackson and Zeke, and I had to play against Dak Prescott last week. And he tore me up to the tune of 39 points, and Zeke didn't uh, do his normal Zeke things. So he probably will next week when I play him. That's how I'm forecasting it. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I didn't mean to, like, rub it in or anything earlier, like, with our 2 <laughs> records. I, I know you're struggling there at 0-2, oh but I, I'm talking to you too, Mark. you got to fight. You know me. There, there's no quitting me, bro. There's no quitting me. So I'll definitely keep my nose to the grindstone. But, uh, yeah, a little bit of a disappointing start on my end. I, I have had some uh, big scores get put up against me as well. But my team's underperformed, no doubt. But just keep grinding, man. That's it. I will give you credit, Mark. You you are one guy where if your team, what you drafted and everything you've put together is just not working, you will fucking blow that shit up and make it work right. So, you're not a guy that will just watch that ship go down sinking because you're like, whatever, I chose these guys. I'm, I believe in them. You know, you're just like, dude, these guys suck. Let's move on. Let's try and win games. That's the mentality you should have. Mm. You know, and it's also you have to pull off the right trades and make the w- right waiver moves. But you should always be in the mindset of my team sucks right now, which whether it's injury or draft, change it. Do something about it. Don't just sit there. Oh, yeah, man. That's it. And, you know, none of my uh, dart throws or, you know, Kenny Galladay has been a big blow for me adjusting for him these past two weeks. And the guys I've plugged in have not got it done for me. So it's all right, man. You've had tons of injuries, Mark. Yeah, we'll just keep plugging away. It's it's no worries, man. But uh, as far as Fant goes, yeah, he's on the market, man. I would say uh, pretty much everybody, you know, save for Patrick Mahomes. I'm thinking I'm going to hold on to him no matter what uh, at this point. But it's all out there, man. So blow up my phone, y'all. Send me some deals. I will consider them. That goes for me, too. <laughs> Market is open, guys. <laughs> what else were we going to talk about? So we talked about the tight end position for waivers. Quarterbacks. Uh, we talked about Justin Herbert real quick. That's a guy, if you got the roster spot, you're looking for a QB stash. 
you know, maybe you have a guy like Mahomes and you don't have a good backup, put Justin Herbert on your roster, see what happens. Because the way he played, I mean, I don't know, guys. I feel like he'll probably be the starter the rest of the year. I don't I don't know if Tyrod's getting his job back, man. I don't think he will, to be honest with you. They called him out as week to week, like afterwards. And I think they want to give Herbert a run. And once he gets his run, why are you going to go back? And Yeah, he's the future. It's happened to Tyrod two times in a row now. He did it for Baker, and the same thing happened. He got a little dinged up, and then Baker took over real quick. And Didn't Josh Allen take over for Tyrod? I think it might. Yeah, maybe it's three yeah. times in a row. Jesus Christ. I think that's a nice little pickup that uh, you could throw on your bench. I like the rookie guys' as projects right now. That's, that's where I was going to go with it. Burrow and Joe Burrow, he's probably out there in a lot of leagues. Go ahead and pick him up. I mean, it's, it's time to scoop that guy. Yeah, and if you have like a dynasty, a- keeper dynasty league that's definitely someone you want to keep yeah and if for some reason you had daniel jones and sam darnold the two new york quarterbacks on your roster maybe as a stash or a bi-week fill-in i would be cutting bait with those guys at this point i I might do that myself on dwayne haskins i just don't know if there's um enough consistency there with it i mean he's he's got some flashes of being a real good talent but i just don't know if he's consistent enough so i'm on the edge of, of getting rid of him but you know, if he gets it put together, maybe it's okay. Um, but, you know, the other guy I like is Tua. I've been kind of like projecting that out a little bit, but I think eventually Tua is going to be the guy there. I think I'd be pretty interested in that, especially now that I was able to scoop up uh, Devontae Parker last week. So I might be interested in that over my other stack of McLaurin and Haskins. I might pick up Tua and, and have that stack instead as a project. And also, I think. Derek Carr is on a lot of people's free wire. I was watching him. He was, he threw like nine straight completions. That offensive line seems to be giving him time. Josh Jacobs is running like an animal. And you got Waller, like that beautiful safety net that always seems to be mismatched unless they put two, three guys on him like they did Gronkowski. That could be a really nice stash, you know, if a guy gets injured and you have to fall back on him. I feel like Las, it's so weird for me to say, Las Vegas is going to be winning some games. I didn't think they would, but it looks like they got everything straightened out and they're playing good football. Hey, real quick, I did just want to um, reiterate Mike Davis from earlier. That's a priority guy. Mm-hmm. That's that's Christian McCaffrey's backup, so he'll be the starter right now. Um, and Jeff Wilson, I think, is kind of like my other little gem guy, uh, where I think he actually takes over and has really good games while those other two backs are out in San Francisco. And did we mention McKinnon? Yeah, McKinnon's on there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. pick him up. I, I'm telling you, in our league as a standard league, I would prefer Jeff Wilson. He's going to get the touchdowns. Okay. One uh, receiver I wanted to throw at you guys, you know, based on the fact that Paris Campbell went down with the injury and T.Y. Hilton forgot how to catch touchdowns, you know, Zach <laughs> Pascal's a guy that uh, looked pretty good last year, and he's looking all right this year so far. So if you're in need of a receiver, that might be a guy. That's a good one, man. Two thumbs up approval here, Mark. <laughs> nice nominee. I would be remiss to not tell you that I did see in the Dallas tape, um, you know, we know Blake Jarwin went down for the year. Uh, looks like this guy Dalton Schultz, man. He came out there. I think he had nine targets and like six catches. He looked really good. So I like this guy Dalton Schultz. He looked all the bit of what Blake Jarwin was going to be probably better. Yeah, and also uh, Russell Gage. Yeah, I think he got nine the first week, six the next week, and he got a nice touchdown. So, dude, I had a little note about if you think about that real quick. 
you break that down, okay, Calvin really starting to pop off, right? Do defenses like start to understand, okay, hey, we got to do something about what's going on with Calvin Ridley. And now Russell Gage just comes wide open. Maybe Hayden Hurst really yeah. ticks up. I, I think we might see a little shift through the season where it shifts over to Hayden Hurst and to Russell Gage specifically. And, and we might see a little dip on Calvin Ridley now. I started to think about it like that. Yeah, this Atlanta offense is going to put up a lot of points uh, with all their weapons. You know, it'll, I mean, definitely Ridley looks like a nice, reliable receiver at this point. Uh, we'll see if that continues, but he is in the midst of a real hot start out the gate. Guys, any more waiver ads, Rich, you want to talk about on the defensive, maybe the kickers? Uh, kickers? I don't know if you saw Harrison Butker boot clutch three straight 58-yard field goals. I thought that was kind of pretty cool, honestly. I was like, damn. Yeah, I played against him. I saw it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, you won. I know. Don't even cry to us. Don't cry to Mark, that's for sure. Oh, I'm not crying to no. Mark. No. Mark don't want to hear that shit. I don't want your crocodile tears, bro. Chris, if you're listening, you got to let you know you beat me twice in championships. I do take a little extra little extra pride in beating you on any other time I can get. So this one yeah. felt good. He probably likes the two championships, honestly. So he's probably like, yeah, I'll take the two. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's just... That's just fine with me. Keep your week two win. Harrison Bucker was clutch. Uh, yeah, uh, but no, I had a defense. Rams defense, man. They've been impressive. They've come out there and they've made plays uh, both weeks. They went on the road to Philly and really impressed me there. Kind of blew that game up, really. Uh, so I think that's a good defense. Aaron Donald's making plays. He destroys people. He literally destroys offensive lines. So when you got a guy who's literally doing that stuff, it, it, it disrupts the offense every time. He's a bowling ball. Yeah. In, the, in the offensive linemen are pins, and he just yeah. goes into them. I would call him a wrecking ball going against bowling pins, man. I mean, he's just an animal out there. All right, guys, so we dropped all the knowledge uh, from week two, got everybody caught up with all the injuries that we could, reviewed, you know, quite a few big games for everybody and big fantasy plays. And now we are going to do a little Thursday night preview because that'll be the next time we're recording. So on Thursday night football this week, guys, we are looking at the Dolphins at the Jags. So a little battle of Florida going on. And both of these teams are pretty interesting so far this year. The Jags have looked a little bit better. I mean, maybe Gardner Minshew is not quite the garbage quarterback we were projecting, but I, I like what I'm seeing on the Jags offensively. And uh, the Dolphins, you know, some a lot of stuff to talk about on their side of the ball. So, Rich, I'll send it over to you. Uh, what are you expecting on Thursday night, bro? Should be a good enough game. I think these are two up-and-coming teams. Miami, Jacksonville, They've, I think they've both played really well in their games. So, um, should be a good thing for a Thursday night game. We'll see who comes more prepared. Uh, I I might lean towards Brian Flores being the guy a little more prepared for that Thursday night, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I predict a close game, maybe a low-scoring game, 2017. I think Miami wins the game. No, I agree. I think Miami wins the game. I like the way their defense played. I think they kind of step it up, their offense slowly coming around. And, I mean, Jacksonville, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a shootout. Uh, I think Jacksonville will put up some points and Miami will just keep up and their defense will keep them down at the end and they'll get a score at the end and take the win. All right. Uh, let me ask you guys, who do you think has more fantasy points Thursday night, Gardner, Minshew, or Ryan Fitzpatrick? It's not even a question. I'm go with Minshew. Minshew, not even a question. I think no matter the game script, that guy's that guy's in it. To, he's, he's, he's a good fantasy option, man, to be honest with you. I mean – 
that's where I wanted to go if I was going to move on from Dwayne Haskins. It was either going to be Mitchell or, or Gardner Minshew. And those two guys got scooped up in our league while I was picking up, you know, running backs who were getting 23 carries. But, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I got those guys, but I didn't get the quarterback situation that I was kind of looking for. But it's okay. I have a Brian Tannehill, too. So that's my backup. But, you know, I'll address it at some point. But I don't know what I was going on with that shit. But <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yep. Toot, toot. Toot, toot. <laughs> Oh, you guys are 2-0, and oh, man, and we're doing a podcast about fantasy football. So if there's ever a time to toot your horns, I mean, I guess this is it, man. I don't know. I will say this, though. If, if Rich keeps picking these Acapulco goals, like the one and twos, and he just nails like the next four weeks, we're just going to do make it a rich Acapulco goal. You know, Only we'll chime guy. in. Yeah, we won't have to like keep, bother people down. We'll give Rich like five guys. And we'll be, maybe like Rich's Blazing Five or something, you know? We'll, we'll make some kind of spin off of that. Blazing Five. I like that. I like getting blazed. <laughs> Copyright infringement, though. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Colin Coward does a Blazing Five. It's literally the same words. Oh. Yeah. This is like five picks every Friday on NFL games. The Sizzling Five. We'll like switch it up so that way it's different. Sizzle, Slazzle Five. Yeah. <laughs> Six sizzling slabs smoking. <laughs> six. Six minute abs. <laughs> six minute abs. That's the key, man. Yeah, well, I, guess, I mean, I guess we already apologized to Minshew once for calling him a serial killer. So I'm not going to do it again, but Minshew has impressed me. I never apologized. I still think he is. One. <laughs> I just said I, I, I said I would roster him. I mean, I'm not going to really apologize. Yeah. He still looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't really feel like I owe him an apology because I said he was not worth a first round draft pick to get a free case of Bud Light. Yeah, that's true. And I stand by that prediction. For sure. He was more, I don't even know what round you pick him in because that's so far past my thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, I agree, man. And I would say that yeah. I would still not jump in his uh, Range Rover if he stopped to pick me up when I was hitchhiking. I would just say, I'm good, man. I'm walking. Yeah, but if I spent all my money on quality backs and I had to go pick him up and ride him out, like I'm feeling confident. He'll, he'll get me 18 to 24 points almost every single game. That's true. Dude. Mark, that was a vivid picture of him in, in a, like a white Range Rover. He just rolls up in this all like pearled out white Range Rover, yeah. just like the side of the road, rolls down the window. You're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> hey, man, you need a lift? Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> Where are you headed? <laughs> well, hop on in. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it turns out I'm heading that way. There you go. Well, now we talk some more shit on Gardner. He's going to tear it up. One guy, I don't know I don't know what his ownership percentage is, but everybody's got to go out there and get uh, James Robinson at this point, too. I don't know if he's he's up there. but He's a starting running back. You should probably start him, too. Like, if you own him, start him. Yeah, I will be looking at running backs very intricately as this next waiver uh, period comes up because I should be able to get one, I think, with uh, all the ones that are going to be on the market. So, Are you guys, without saying your moves, are you guys making moves? Or putting claims in? I might be putting a claim in. We'll see. Yeah, I'll be looking for a back. See if I can snag one. I'm putting one claim in. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to get it. What do you got? I can tell you. Oh, oh, oh. you're just saying you're going to get it. I got you. I'm going to get him. Okay. All right. Him. Okay, player. Yep, gave you a little hint. Yep. It's not a girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a defense. Yep. 
Yeah, if we're playing guess who, you got half the people gone, yeah. dude. I knew, I, knew, I knew you weren't looking for defenses. Yeah. No, I got a couple guys. I've got a droppable player in Dwayne Haskins, so we'll see what happens there. I have a newfound droppable player after watching tonight's game. <laughs> what are you who are you talking about? Manuel Sanders. Oh, come on. Don't drop Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, he had someone better. Oh, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of wide receivers still out there. Absolutely. It could be a running back. Anthony Miller's still out there. Could be a tight end. Anthony Miller had that touchdown in his hands, right, Mark? He did. He had one. I mean, it's a tough catch still diving like that, but and that was a good ball too, right, Mark? Uh, he should have caught that. I agree. Uh, real quick, Brad, you may want to pick up a kicker. I think Steven Goskowski is available, and I don't know if you know this, but he's hit game-winning field goals two weeks in a row. You got to miss for it to want to make two, you know. <laughs> That's what it takes. You need that inner motivation to be like, holy shit, I'm going to be homeless. <laughs> You know, just to like make those game winning kicks without those missed four, man. His mindset is like, dude, my life is good right now. I'm relaxed. I've got this shit. Now he's like, holy shit, dude, I got to fight for my job because they got this kid that plays soccer on the sideline just waiting to kick a ball. So (laughs) that's awesome. Hey, guys, I did have one last note. I got to bring it up. When I was watching tape, they, uh, Graham Gano, he, he, he went to kick a field goal and the announcer goes, he he went to kick it and he missed it and he goes, Graham Gano, Gano, good before the half. <laughs> <laughs> the announcer Solid. said it. Like, Gano, good. <laughs> naga, naga, naga. What's not not gonna work here anymore? Not <laughs> gonna work here anymore. <laughs> That's good shit. <laughs> All right, guys. Well. Another wonderful episode, and we're going to wrap it up right there and shut this thing down. So look for us to record again on Thursday Night Football. We are going to uh, drop this episode on Tuesday of this week. Uh, so go ahead and, you know, listen up and get all your waiver info uh, coming at it with our unique perspective like we do, guys. So appreciate everybody listening, subscribing, uh, dropping likes on uh, – subs- uh, not subscribing, I already said that uh, – following, all those good things. So. Appreciate the fans out there. That's why we're doing it for you guys. And also for me and Brad to work out Noah Fant trades. What's up, bro? And hey, I got one last thing for you guys. Uh, so let's say we talked about, we or we didn't talk about someone in your league that's on your waiver wires. And you're like, hey, man, this is vital information. Wednesday's coming about. Send us a message, man. Yeah. We'll let you know what we think. You know, We'll try and get all the information out. We only get like an hour, 15, hour 30 to do this. So we can't talk about everyone. So shoot us a message, Instagram page, and... We'll get you your answers, man, one way or the other. I just wanted to know, did you guys see my shirt? <laughs> oh, he's rocking the Acapulco gold shirt, man. Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong. Oh, Cheech and Chong, baby. <laughs> I almost wrote feed me on my belly and lifted it up to show you guys, but I'm like, that would be gross. <laughs> feed me on my belly. Well, you would have to have Zeke if you had feed me on, my, on your belly, bro. <laughs> Why? I'm just hungry. <laughs> you're like the guy when i tried to buy a chocolate cake he's like well do you want us to write anything on it and i'm like dude i just want chocolate cake leave me alone <laughs> he thought it had to have like why does every chocolate cake have to have happy birthday on it you know people can't just eat chocolate cake yeah it's delicious well and here's the good news when you're two and old brad you can have your cake and eat it too bro so there you go all the chocolate cake you want homie i'll save my chocolate cake for a championship and by that time it'll be ice cream cake mark because we're going to celebrate oh that sounds good man hell yeah it's dope i'll come to your championship ice cream cake party for sure bro i'll be there oh there'll be there'll be 13 slices everyone gets one 
Nice. I get two though. All right, you get two. We all get one. I knew. I knew that's what that meant. <laughs> all right, close this out, man. We're out of here. Let, this is all going in. This is gold. <laughs> all right. Sweet. All right, we'll shut it down right there, guys, and catch us next time on the Organic Football Podcast. Late decaps, beast. I think you're full of shit and you're lying to us because like sometimes you're like, dude, I put Detroit Lions on my team.